good evening, Impact City. Hope you're doing well today. It's so good to welcome you to First Wednesday. I'm going to invite you to take your seat. Can you hear me just fine? All right. There's two portions. Thank you, worship team. There's two portions of scripture that I want to cover today, and I'm going to see if we can make the mesh this morning, the first, uh, this evening. I'm not trying to turn back time or to move time forward for you, by no means. Luke chapter 8, verse 46, if you want to mark that, uh, we're going there first, and then we're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 15 through 16. If you don't have your, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there with me. If you don't, um, I will read it. I'm reading out of the NIV version this evening. Luke 8, 46 says, but Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Someone touched me because I know that power has gone out from me. Hebrews chapter 4, go with me to Hebrews 4, one of the last books in the New Testament, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Is there anybody that needs mercy or grace this evening in our time of need? There, there is something significant uh, about the touch. Um, we see it here both referenced by Jesus when he said someone touched me. And then we see it referenced by the writer of the book of Hebrews when, we, when he says, for we do not have a high priest who can be touched. Um, he uses a double negative, which leads us to believe that we have a high priest. That is someone that we can touch. So it is, it's something incredible. So to, to preface what I want to say this evening, they, they conducted some research and they did a study over a group of newborn babies. And, and they put one in one group, they put one in the other. They exposed uh, group A to feel, to touch, to the affection of their mothers um, and, and just expose them to this for, for a timed period. And, and the second group, group B, was not exposed uh, to their mothers uh, just to be able to look side by side at the effects of what uh, affection and what touch can do to an infant. Um, there was, uh, they, they were to looking to see if there was some, any connections uh, to be able to evaluate uh, the, the child between those that were loved on, so to say, and those that were not. Um, and at the end, the babies were measured, and the babies uh, who were touched uh, were the ones who grew the most. Uh, it, it, it seems like something so small, yet when they were able to measure them, they were able to see uh, a, a noticeable size difference in between the, the babies who were shown affection and those who were not. 
So it, while the, the word touch to us may seem something so small, and it seems like something so insignificant to others, um, it is just incredible to see the power, the power that it, that it has. When God created the, the heavens and when he created the earth, he created and he said it was good. He created the heavens, said it was good. When he divided uh, the seas and, and he, he drew a line and he was able to cause that separation, he said it was good. He created the fowls of the air and said it was good. But there was one thing that he said that it is not good. And he said it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone because the truth is that love can be communicated through touch. Passion can be communicated through touch. And there are some who, who may be worried, and we may be recipients of that from time to time, where we have been uh, in this situation, and, and someone just comes and puts their hand on our shoulder. And we can instantly feel that's, that they care about what we're going through and that they care about how we are feeling. They can sense, and it seems to do something on the inside of us. Uh, that, that something that is just, like I mentioned, just a, a pat on the back that can shift the mood and it, it can shift uh, what we are facing, what we're feeling to let us know, hey, I'm not going through this alone. Someone is with me. Someone is with me. So looking at this, let's consider what, what the book of Hebrews t tells us, tells us about this. So looking at the Old Testament, what is taking place, the writer of the book of Hebrews is conducting a, a comparative analysis is what it's identified. It's when he's taking something and he's looking at it side by side. So he is taking uh, the Old Testament and he is putting it side by side by the New Testament. And, and he draws the conclusions as he is able to look at uh, examples of both the old and the new. And he leads us to the conclusion that the New Testament, the new covenant, should I say, is better than the old covenant. The new Testament or the new covenant, should I say, is better than the old. It's, it shows us God's ever increasing desire to bless us and to show us his goodness. It, it is written all over scripture in different forms and contexts. It says the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. It says that the ending shall be greater. The, the glory of the latter, latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. It shows us a God who takes us from, from one glory to another glory. It, it lets us know, it, it, it leads us to the conclusion that God does not want us to go backwards. Amen. God does not want us to go backwards, but that, that he has something better, better for us, that we serve a God that truly does take us. As I mentioned, he takes us from glory to glory. And, and this is important for us to notice and for us to keep in, in the back of our minds because there are some times that, that God will take certain things out of our lives and certain doors will begin to close. But, but I challenge you to think and to believe that if God closed something, it's because he has something better. Amen. He has something better. Something better is coming. If God takes something out of my life, it, I have to trust and I have to believe that, that God will make it good, that he works all things together 
together for good for them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So, so the writer says, we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched. And, and he makes this uh, comparison. He makes this known because in the Old Testament, it was important for us to have some context and know what the high priest was and his functions and his roles and his responsibilities. So he is referencing the high priest in the Old Testament who could not, who could not be touched. And, and he was, it's like he's making a significant change or, or talking about the difference between relationship and talking the difference about religion. So the writer of the book of Hebrews warns us to not enter into religion. But he, he advises us, he counsels us, he's ushering us in to, to develop a relationship with Almighty God, with the God that created the heavens and the earth in the Old Testament. So, for example, if someone uh, would, would handle the dead, they were, not, uh, they were considered unclean and they would not be able to come near the high priest. They would have to go through a purification process and purification ceremonies. And, and what we understand is that Religion loves principles more than it loves people. Amen. Religion loves principles more than it loves people. But the, but the Bible is so good to remind us that God so loved the world. Amen. The world, people. It doesn't say that God so loved principles. He loved people that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And this is important for, for, for us to remember as believers that when we leave here and we're by ourselves and anytime the enemy wants to belittle us and wants to talk down to us and, and that voice, uh, that chatterbox in our ear wants to bring us down, that we have to have courage and we have to understand that we are someone and that we are accepted. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted. It doesn't matter if the world never accepts us. Uh, the only one that really matters is him and he has accepted us. He has accepted you just as you are. Amen. When I feel worthless, when I feel invaluable, I have to tell myself I do have worth. I do have value. I was, God shed his blood for me. God shed his blood for me. He was beaten. He was bruised. He went through it all because he loved me enough. We do not have a high priest who cannot be touched. He is accessible. You can reach him. You, you have access to him. You can call on him and he will answer. It's so incredible that you don't have to go through a specific person to be able to go to him. He is accessible to, to you. You can touch him. You can touch him. You can access him through worship. You can access him when you're by yourself in a closet, washing dishes, stuck in traffic. He is everywhere. He is accessible to you. David said, if I fly to the heavens, you are there. And he said, if I make my bed in hell, you are there also. He is everywhere. There is not any place that you can go that he is not there. He is ever so present in Odessa, just as he is in Bangkok. And just as he is in Beijing, just wherever he, wherever you can picture, wherever your mind goes right now, he is there. He is everywhere. And he can be touched by our weaknesses. He can be touched by our weaknesses. He can be touched by our vulnerabilities and the areas in our, our lives that we are 
often so ashamed of. He can be touched by that. Another version says that our diseases, when, when talking about weaknesses, it uses the word diseases. It is completely the opposite of what we saw in the Old Testament. Because if someone was sick, they couldn't approach, much less touch a high priest. Couldn't be in close proximity. But yet, Jesus came to show us that there is a, a new and better way that he can be touched. Now that we know that he has certainly carried our infirmities and that he has suffered our pains and that he, has, he was crushed for our sins and that by his wounds we are healed. We, we know this, that he is accessible, that he is Emmanuel as he's described in the gospels. He is God with us. He's with us. He's accessible. He's accessible. In our other writing in the book of Mark, Jesus is on his way to take care of Jairus' daughter. And the Bible tells us that this man who is a prominent man, he has influence, he has wealth, he has uh, connections, he has position. So Jairus is, is in a tough position because his daughter, the Bible tells us, is sick. She's dying. And Jesus is on his way to attend to this need. And can I just stop and say that God is attracted to need. God is drawn to need. Because while Jairus is someone important, that was not what was important to Jesus. It was not his status. It was not his, his uh, economic status. Nothing like that. What was important to Jesus was the fact that his daughter needed a miracle. Amen. His daughter needed a miracle. There was a need. Jairus had everything that you could possibly think of. Power, influence, authority. But all of that was pushed to the side because here you have a man, a father, who, whose, whose job is to protect his children. And he is caught in a tough spot because he cannot do for her what she needs. Uh, he cannot do for her what she needs. But just because... He can't do it doesn't mean Jesus can't do it. Why is this important? Because all of us in this place at one point or the other are stretched to a point where we feel helpless and where we feel powerless and where we feel like we cannot do anything more for the situation. But just because you can't doesn't mean that Jesus can't. Just because you are not able doesn't mean that he is not able. Just because you and I are powerless doesn't mean that he is powerless. He is the almighty God. He can do everything. So there there are certain things in life that are just a job for Jesus. Amen. There are certain things in life that I don't have to pick up the phone and call a cousin and call a friend. No, I don't. There's some things that I just have to go boldly directly to the throne of grace and say, there's nobody that can do this for me. God, if you don't come through for me, there is no hope at all. There are certain jobs that are just for Jesus. In this one particular circumstance, 
in the life of Jairus and his family is a job for Jesus. Can I encourage you on this first Wednesday of December, actually December the 1st, can I encourage you that you may be facing something tumultuous. You may be facing something large. You may be facing something impossible. You may be facing something difficult. You may be facing something that your family all together collectively cannot figure out. Can I tell you, it's a job for Jesus. And I've come this evening to tell you that he is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is still able just because you've run into a tough situation doesn't mean that he can't work through it. For what is impossible for man is possible for God. And it is not too difficult for him. Not too difficult for him. Jesus is on his way. And the crowd is surrounding him. And many of us are familiar. If you've been in church for a little while, you know the story of what is taking place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it without knowing as Jairus and Jesus are walking. Disciples are all around him. People are all around him. There is a community that has come out because they heard of this man named Jesus that can do the impossible. So here they go on their way. But something was about to happen on that occasion, the Bible tells us that something interrupted this trip. There was a woman that her name is not mentioned, but her problem is mentioned. We don't know who she is. We don't know her socioeconomic status. We don't know her race. We don't know her religion. We don't know any of that. But what we do know is that she has a problem. The Bible identifies her and calls her the woman with the issue of blood that her problem was so great that it had overtaken her identity. It had taken control of who she was. That's how she was referred to for 12 years, not 12 days. That's right. You heard me 12 years, not 12 weeks, not 12 months for 12 years. She suffered with the same issue for 12 years. Now it's, can I tell you that it's one thing to have a sickness for one day. There's some of us for, for us, starting with me, that it is absolutely unbearable for one day. But it's one thing to have it for one month or a week. It's another thing to have it for a year. But can you imagine fast forward for 12 years? And maybe for some of us in this place today, it is something that we are facing emotionally, mentally, spiritually. For 12 years, the same problem fighting the same situation, fighting the same, same temptation, fighting the same sin for 12 years. This condition, this one condition has turned her life upside down. Her resources were exhausted. There were no more. This matter had exhausted her, had drained her of everything that she had. She is, yes, she's losing blood, but she's losing more than that. She's losing family. She's, she's losing relationships. She's losing the ability to have have a, a position in, in, in any type of work. She has lost family members. She has lost money. The condition had separated her from everyone that she knew and from everything that she knew. And, and can I tell you that sometimes we don't trust God completely until we're all out of options. 
Sometimes we don't trust God completely until we're all out of options. Sometimes God has to close every door. Sometimes God has to close every door so that we can trust him completely. The Bible tells us that this woman was struggling and no doubt she had reached her lowest point. And if you feel like this in in any way, in any shape or form in your life, can I tell you that you are a perfect candidate for Jesus? You are a perfect candidate for Jesus. All this woman has, all this woman has is the voice inside of her and the ability to talk to herself and to tell herself, you can either stay here and die or you can go up and chase this man named Jesus and fight for your miracle. The case is interesting because most of the times that God worked a miracle in the New Testament, when you'll see it, Jesus was looking directly at the person. Jesus had contact with the person. Jesus knew of the situation that was taking place. But this time the Lord didn't even know that this woman existed. He didn't know that she was present. He, but, she, but she was willing to do something radical to receive what her soul desperately needed. She was willing to do something radical to, to receive what, what she needed in her life. Or is there anyone that is radical enough to say, Jesus, I will, I will keep knocking until you answer the door. Jesus, I, or like Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not. It doesn't matter if the sun is coming up. I, I'm going to stay right here. Jesus, it's me again. I'm here. I'm standing in need. She was able to do something radical. And what, what, what captures my attention is that if she hadn't taken the initiative... What would have happened in this situation? How would the story have ended had she not taken the initiative? If she would have just stayed there, if she would have just said, well, if if it's the will of God, I'm going to come out of that. I'm going to come out of it. She would have died. The truth is, if she would have said, if it's the will of God, because yes, his will is superior, but you and I also have a will. You and I also have a will that he respects. That's why the Bible says, he says, I stand at the door. In revelations, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears me I, and, and hears my voice and opens the door, why, why is that so important? Because sometimes you and I have to do our part to, to be able to receive what God has for us. Is there anybody with me this evening? Sometimes you and I have to do. Sometimes I have to keep praising in the midst of the heartache. Sometimes I have to keep praying in the midst of the uncertainty. Sometimes I have to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to praise you. I'm going to choose to believe you. I'm going to choose to lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. Sometimes I just have to take initiative. Sometimes you have to take initiative and say, God, I'm going to do everything in my power to get what I want. I know that ultimately your will will be done. But it's, but if something happens, it's not, it's not going to be because I didn't try not going to be because I didn't try. She would have died there saying, if it's the will of God, Jesus, in one occasion, he asked this man, he said, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? According on another occasion, he said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Why is this important? Because he has the power, no doubt. He has the ability. He has everything that we need. But he also asked this man, do you want to be healed? Because the truth of the matter is some people don't want to. 
Some people don't want to. We actually, one time, we prayed for this lady. This is not here, so before your mind goes to try to find out who this was, we, we prayed for this lady who was, who was disabled. But, but she said, no, 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 please don't pray for me because, because if I've, I'm healed, I won't get my disability check. Oh, it, it, that's a true story. I promise it really happened. There are some people that do not want to, God to really move in their life. But I choose to be the one that says, God, I want it. God, I want to be healed. God, I want to be saved. I want to be delivered. I want to be restored. And I'm challenging you to believe the same God that is able to do it here in the Bible. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Do you want to be healed? The human spirit is so strong. That there have been cases when the doctor has, has told individuals, you may know if you, you won't make it past this day. And yet they lived. And, they, and their will, their sheer will survived. The human spirit is so strong that, that we have, I've known my great grandmother would, would not pass away while she was in a very frail state. She would not pass away until her youngest son drove in. Once he was there within hours, she gave up the ghost. The human spirit is that strong to be able to, to hold on to things. Can you imagine now when you had the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine when you had the Holy Spirit into the circumstances that we face? This woman encouraged herself. She said to herself, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. The original version says that she kept saying it over and over and over again. If I can only touch, if I can only touch, and if I can only touch, and even though what she was saying was completely contrary to what the culture said in that time, because a woman could not be in the presence of men, much more a sick woman. And although those barriers stood in the way, it did not stop her from reaching out. It, it was so much more greater than the, the Levitical law that said that a sick woman, a sick person could not touch the, the high priest. What religion did not allow, Jesus came to break and, and through relationship were able to access him. Jesus makes the transition from, from religion to relationship. And it moves her from the history of what used to be into the destiny of who Jesus was calling her to be, what Jesus had destined for her. She didn't ask for an appointment. The worship team will come. She didn't ask for an appointment. She didn't ask any questions. She didn't even ask to get his attention. This woman who we see is on the ground going through the crowd because her situation had brought her to this low point she doesn't even touch him he's going in the opposite direction doesn't even touch him she touches something that is on him and she was healed and she was healed that is the God that we serve not by his hand it was not by an anointing oil no she was not healed because he looked at her she was healed because she touched 
hem of his garment and the Bible says immediately, immediately she was healed. Sick for 12 years. Sick for 12 years and immediately. In one moment because she was able to touch the master. Her life was changed forever. With one touch, all that had been undone in 12 years was fixed in essence because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Her situation changed because of Jesus. Why is this important? Because I believe today that what you're facing can change because of Jesus. I believe, I'm believing for great things right now that maybe you in this place that have been struggling with the same issue time and time again. This woman, it was not a new sickness. It was not a new challenge. It was, it was the same challenge for 12 years. But Jesus made all the difference. Why is this important? Because the truth is that some of us in this place have some cycles in our lives. That it just, it's not a new challenge. It's the same thing that keeps popping up and that, that, sa that same thing that keeps trying to bring us down. It, it may have happened years ago, but it is still a recurrent event that is trying to, to hold you back from being who God is calling you to be. And I challenge you this evening. I challenge you this evening to reach out to Jesus, to reach out to the master that can make a difference, that can make a change, that can, that can completely restore, that can completely turn around, that can completely put your feet on solid ground. It doesn't matter how long it's been in your life, this day can be the first day of the rest of your life because of Jesus, because of Jesus on this Wednesday evening, on this Wednesday evening, I challenge you. If there's an area in your life to say, God, I surrender this to you. This is a job for you. Reach out to him. We have a high priest that can be touched. He can be touched by our infirmities, by our diseases, by our weaknesses, the filthiest in us will never blot out his perfection. What do you need today? What do you need today? I want to tell you, I want to remind you, we have a high priest that can be touched, that can be touched. I want to pray for you right where you're at by your head, Father, right now. On this Wednesday evening, I'm believing for healing. On this Wednesday evening, I'm believing for miracles. Emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, financially. God, I'm believing for miracles right now. I'm believing for healing right now, God, that there may be 
issues in our lives that we have not dealt with or that have constantly been recurring in our lives, right now we reach out to you because you are the answer. We stretch forth to you, God. We believe you at your word that you can be touched, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can access you, God, that we can call on you and that you will answer, God. And right now, I don't, I don't let anything stand in our way. I come against every barrier. I come against every obstacle. I come against every challenge. I come against every weight that is bringing us down right now in Jesus' name. I come against fear. I come against shame. I come against rejection. Right now in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. Right now, God, I declare, I declare your healing over our minds. I declare your healing in our hearts, in our spirits. God, I declare your healing over our bodies. I declare your healing over our relationships, over our marriages. I declare your healing over our businesses. God, I declare your healing right now over finances right now. There is nothing, God, that is impossible for you. I just thank you right now for working, for working in our midst. God, I thank you right now that we can call on you and that you will answer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.